spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Welcome to a new spin on autism. Answers with host and international speaker and performer, Lynette Louise. Besides working on her doctorate in psychophysiology, Lynette has raised eight children, six adopted, and four of them falling somewhere on the autism spectrum. Laugh with her, cry with her, as she talks to both experts and parents and takes you through the often confusing, sometimes frustrating, sometimes overwhelming, but always fascinating world of autism. Hello and welcome. This is a new spin on Autism Answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, otherwise known as the Brain Broad today. It is gorgeous. It is the weekend. And it is, oh my goodness, my family starts arriving in five hours. So I am so excited for this holiday season. So I am in a fantastic mood, which I think is going to be necessary. Lots of energy, lots of fun, because today's guest is too eclectic for words. I almost didn't know where to put her or how to use her, but I saw something, actually I saw a couple of things online that I really was interested in, and, and, and it doesn't even match her intro, so check this out. Um, I, oh, oh, before I tell you, before I tell you about her, I'll tell you why she's a good match for us, because <laughs> Fix It in Five, the new development on Fix It in Five is that episode or season one is now available for free. Yay! Everywhere, everywhere that has internet. So you can go to the Women's Broadcast Television Network and you can watch season one. You don't need a Roku box, but it's still available on the Autism Channel with the Roku box, as is season two. And again, it's free there, but you need the Roku box. However, I have also put up season two on Vimeo. Now, I'm renting and selling it, and the reason is I need to make money for the fourth family. I'm editing the third family. I need money for the fourth. So if you feel like being generous and supporting the project and learning and being entertained all at one time and really making a difference for autism and for our global community of parents and professionals, Please, please, please consider renting or buying it. You can just go to my LynetteLouise.com or BrainBody.net and click on Fix It in 5 and follow the Vimeo link and have a look. So season 2, season 1 are both there. The more support, the quicker we get to help another family. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And that brings me to today's guest. Because she did a similar thing. She made a, a story available. It's actually on YouTube, so real easy access. Uh, nice, short, under six-minute piece, just barely under six-minute piece. And it's all about a young man who is really looking like he can't make it in the world. And this is what I love about autism. We are always proving them wrong when given a chance. And so today's guest uh, made that available. Now, her intro is Shelley Pack is a comedic actress, writer, and producer. So it makes sense then that she would do something that's, you know, going to bring it to you on the, on camera. But when I watch her, that's not what I see. So I'm so curious about the second part of her intro, which is one of her life's passions is working with kids with autism and other special needs. So how you bring the one thing together with the other is what today's show is going to be about. And also why, obviously, I was interested because I'm exactly the same. Madam Eclectic, in front of the camera, behind the camera, making a difference, bringing it out there. Hello, Shelly Pack. Let's have some fun. Hi. Thank you so much. What, you're, you're just a breath of fresh air. You're so energetic. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I see why we're a vibrational match. That's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, 
I, you know, I'm a comedian and a writer, but I really have a passion for working with kids with special needs. I started 10 years ago just wanting to give back in my free time, and it grew into my life's work. Um, these kids are so amazing, and I find that using comedy and improv and being in the moment and looking outside the box, which is what improv is, is a match for our kids. Um, totally. We, you know, they see things differently, and improvisers see things differently, and so we get each other. Right. As a matter of fact, I want to tell you something really quick. So um, one of the things I do is play therapy. And when I'm training people and I'm training folks to do play therapy in the home and whatnot, when they say, who is the best, you know, should we go get college students to get people with degrees? Should we get, I go, go get improv artists. Actresses and actors that want practice at being spontaneous, accepting the reality of the moment and adding something. Yes, and. That's right. That's right. That's exactly why it's a perfect match. Yeah. And I've just developed, you know, I've seen so many miracles happen by just giving these kids the opportunity to express themselves in the way they see the world and to say it's okay and to have fun with it. Um, When they feel that sense of safety and trust, then they become themselves and they have these amazing gifts that they can share. Um, The video that I made is about a young man named Dashiell who I started working with when he was nine years old. He's going to be 18 this year. And it's his story. Um, Many people and his mother and father were told he will never, ever... Um, you know, have any concept of math or love or emotions, uh, just a really grim prognosis for this young man. Um, And as it turns out, he's actually extremely intelligent. He's profound and proficient in so many things, and he's a straight-A student. Um, It just takes that little bit of extra attention and to get people to see that these children just need a little bit of extra help and resources. But they are just as gifted. Maybe extra what you just already said. Um, You know, they become themselves, and I think that that would have happened all along. They'd have been themselves all along if we didn't ask them to operate inside a box they don't fit in. Exactly. And and thankfully, his, his family and others and myself, you know, we dedicated that time, despite what these so-called experts say will never happen, and you just allow it to happen in, a, in their own way, which is different than what we expect, what is the no, quote-unquote norm. Um, right. And just because it's different doesn't mean that it's better or wrong or anything like that. It's just different. Right. Different. And that's right. That's right. So and, you, just, uh, you just said something. I'm sorry. I'm I'm this kind of host. I'm caddy, caddy, caddy. So we're just going to have to go with it. <laughs> okay. See, and I, I love to catch things as people say them. So I do this all the time, too. I say the expert, but I'm also the expert. <laughs> and so there's this, like, weird position you get in when you come in, at it from a different angle and start talking about what you discover. But then you're now the expert, and you're getting lumped in there. And it's a kind of this strange... Um, juxtaposition. So let's let's tease that out a bit. How does how do you think parents can tell which way to go? Like when they're looking at all of us 
it looks messy up there. You know, we're saying right. use play, use improv, use, use spontaneity, no judgment, all that stuff. I mean, I can hear it in your voice already and in your words. So, and then you have the other people say, make them sit, make them obey, make them put their hands down, make them look at your eyes. How do parents pick? You know, I find that each child with autism, and I've met so many now and grown with them, there is not one approach. I do find that forced to be in a certain way or forced eye contact or forced to behave in quotes can not only be difficult, but it can be painful. Some children with autism, they don't make eye contact because it physically hurts them too. So you wouldn't force somebody to do something that was going to cause them physical pain. I've been blessed to work with some amazing programs. One is the Miracle Project, and one is Neskadol, which focuses on Jewish studies and special needs. And we, these two groups are alike in the sense that we come at it at a very much meet each child where they are, accept that, love that, and grow from there. We, if the child doesn't want to sit, then we go, someone sits with them and we hang out. Right. And that child will come to it. They will when they feel safe, when they feel it's okay. Or when their body can do it. You know, sometimes their body is busy with a lot of different sensory stuff right. going on. Like maybe they're, maybe when they sit down, it feels all pins and needles. And That's so right. they're standing because they're able to give you a better quality of attention when they stand. And then we're forcing them to cope with discomfort. And that will drop their IQ and their ability to respond. And then we're judging them accordingly. But we caused it. That's right. That's right. Yeah, And that's why, the, you know, the school systems, there needs to be, you know, some evaluation in how things are handled because it is very hard for our kids to fit into that regime. Um, it was hard for all of us, let alone someone who has super hypersensitive hearing, for example. And if something's too loud, they physically are in pain. Um, that needs to be looked at. Dashiell has super hypersensitive hearing. He can also sense people's emotions. So being in that, his own body can be difficult. Right. And right. he sometimes he writes, he describes that he doesn't know where his body, you know, ends and begins in the, in the world. Sometimes he's, he shakes his hands. He wants to make sure they're still there. Yeah. No, I, I had sensations. that when I was, when I was young, I had that. I, and, and people would always say, why do you always go against the grain? And I, I kept trying to explain it. That's the only way I can tell where my body ends in space. I have to right. go against everybody's opinions and get them all kind of after me and be sort of rebellious. And then I could feel myself. It was the strangest thing. Um, so I was Asperger's, by the way. Anyway, um, so it's real. It's a very real situation that the kids are coping with and when we stop them from from dealing it's really difficult what made you decide to do a film on Dashiell you know it just was one of those things I had always wanted to tell his story I mean we've been together for so long and um, I had just recently teamed up with someone who has the camera and the equipment, and I, you know, told him what was happening. He said, we have to do this story. We have to tell this story. And Dashiell, you know, I, I told him this is what I want to do, and he typed to me. He, you know, he was nervous, but he wanted to do it. And um, 
the response that we've gotten has been just tremendous because it it explains a lot and it gives people a lot of hope because a lot of parents hear the same thing um, and they have the same, you know, grim prognosis and it says, listen, there is hope. It does take time. It doesn't happen in the same way. It's different, but it does happen right. and there is hope right. and music helps and technology is available and more than anything, it's, you know, that patience and love that, you know, his family has shown that I've been able to work with Dashiell where now he, you know, he writes music. That's, it's unbelievable. The magic and the miracles that are inside of these children. And I've seen it, you know, singing, dancing, writing, but people don't give them that opportunity. Or they put, or they put so many restraints upon it in order to believe that the child can do it. It's like, like, for example, saying, you know, if you're going to learn music, first you have to learn it in this order, the A, B, and they go, what are you talking about? I already know it. (laughs) And then, oh no, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. You have to learn it in this order. And that's just not how our kids learn. Dashiell says he sees music in colors. So how do you explain, you know? It's called synesthesia, yeah, I definitely saw. I used to play the piano by color. You said something about Dashiell that I think is really interesting, and so I wanted to point out something. You were saying how he feels people, and I often think about yes. this, you know, when when I'll explain that the kids with autism, it's like they can read your body, read your mind, read your emotions, so maybe they're not necessarily responding well to the actual words, but they can get this subtext really well. I always think of the dolphins because, you know, we have so much the same. We're social animals. We talk in different dialects, give each other names, we have sex for pleasure, different things like that. And they're very similar, recognize each ourselves in mirrors. So we're very similar to dolphins. And dolphins use their sonar to read the blood temperature of the of the other dolphin so they get a sense of where that other dolphin is emotionally like reading the body reading the mind and I think these kids are doing that understanding so much more about what we're feeling than we are that's right yeah it's on another level it's definitely on another level and you know the gifts that they have are so amazing that we shouldn't pay attention to just, you know, oh, they don't, they don't sit for long periods of time or, you know, they might start stemming um, or things like that where people, you know, react to them like, oh, what's that? And that's scary. It's just a little, it's just how they cope. It's just different. God forbid you should slap your hands. Right? (laughs) I mean, whatever it takes to get, you know, we all might benefit from getting our energy out in different ways, honestly. Right. But there is hope. There are resources. And I would say to parents out there, you know, look for music therapy, look for acting and dancing. And I find that the arts are very therapeutic for our kids. Um, They just, they love it. And they can really shine. And that's why with the Miracle Project, we put on a full show where the kids write their parts. And we put on a play, a full production with music and dancing and dialogue and everything a, a regular school play would have. And our kids are the stars, as they should be. Oh, that's really um, awesome. 
That's beautiful. And I'm going to do the mid-break, and when we come back, you're going to tell us all about the the Miracle Project or about you or about why you got involved in autism in the first place. Okay. You are listening to a new spin on Autism Answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, otherwise known as the Brain Broad. I'm going to go through this really fast. We are going to have, okay, 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 great guest giveaway today, so make sure you stay to the end of the show, where I'll also do stories from the road. Forgot to tell you that at the front end, but you know it, don't you, people? Okay, so today we are talking with a wonderful, eclectic young woman named of Shelly Pack, and she's really done a little bit of everything, which is one of the things I really like about her. But also, I love, 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 love bringing the arts to the autism community. Um, and I love being able to share a person's story on YouTube. I mean, we have a kind of accessibility now that never existed when I was raising my kids. So we're really lucky we can find real answers and real information. We don't have to just listen to what the experts tell us. All right, we are back. So Shelly Pack, let's uh let's go with why autism. You know, it wasn't something I chose. Um I would honestly say it was something that I was probably destined to do. I had just wanted to give back and um my mother was a social worker and she found out about the Miracle Project. And I said, let me go, let me see what it's about. And just after the first day, I just, I fell in love with these kids that I felt there was so much there. And when they look at you or spend time with you, it's not on a superficial level. It's a very deep connection. And I said, this is something I need to do. And that was 10 years ago. And it's grown so much. I do, I'm involved with four different groups um, during the week. Three are with the Miracle Project, and one is with Neskadol, which fo- focuses on Jewish studies. And uh, the Miracle Project focuses on the arts and theater and dancing and singing and uh, comedy. You know, I'll do comedy exercises with our kids and play therapy. But we don't see it as therapy. We see it as just a way for our kids and teens to find themselves and express themselves, and we give them that level of trust to do it and to be able to shine. And that's really what it's about. And I just, I fell in love with with the entire program and with these kids. They're really beautiful souls. Just so many levels and so remarkable in so many ways. And um, it's been therapeutic for me. I mean, I can see that, you know, I'm a therapist. I went to UCLA. I, you know, studied, you know, all these things. But honestly, it's just being in the moment with these kids. The training and all that stuff just kind of goes out the window. Yeah, I and, agree. I agree. You know, I, I don't really go for, I don't delve from like my studies or my training or anything like that. I just go with the moment and being there and being open and positive. And that's what they, our kids respond to. And the miracles I've seen with them, you know, kids who are not, you know, nonverbal or who want to, sit and not participate then by the end are performing and singing and dancing and feeling that sense of pride and they're all capable all of them so there's not one child I've seen where I've said hey just you know give up there's no hope not one and I've been doing this for 10 years yeah every child has something special every one of them has something in them 
Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I feel like if only we wouldn't judge it at the gate, you know, if it would just be, oh, your child um, displays the symptoms of autism, so you'll be searching for the way to help them evolve uh, to the best of their ability, and uh, it might be different. Wouldn't that be a great way to have your <laughs> have your diagnosis shared with you? And just say, you know, it might be different. They might communicate in an, in an unusual way. And so there's lots of work ahead, but there's always lots of work with kids. And it's unfortunate that the prognosis and, you know, and what is heard is, you know, doom and gloom. And also even yeah. the worst to tell a parent that your child will never love you or express love. And that is the complete oh, opposite gosh, of what I've opposite. seen. Complete opposite. Yes. Yeah. I mean, our kids are the most loving. I mean, they will look right. I mean, just just adore. Yeah. Their faces light up when they see you. Yeah. There's most no re- doubt. Yeah. Most ridiculous myth that they ever came up with. It's just created by us trying to push them into a spot they're not comfortable in, so they pull away. They are very loving. I've. Uh, it's just a ridiculous myth. Okay. <laughs> Okay, you're so fun. We're almost out of time. We've got about nine more minutes, and I want to make sure that you really have a chance to share the things that really matter without me being so interruptive, but you're just too fun. Okay, so <laughs> I was thinking of maybe the favorite part of Dashiell's story or if there's something else you want to talk about. It's really kind of it's your platform now. Oh, thank you. And by the way, <laughs> you haven't interrupted me at all. It's been really a pleasure being on your show. Thank you for having me. Um, what I really want to advocate is, well, first of all, not only to watch the film. Um, it's only six minutes long, but it tells a complete story. It's called Dashiell, A Journey Through Autism. You can see it on YouTube. And it's one of those things, I just want to open people's eyes to what autism is and isn't. Mainly what it, what people, the myths out there that they assume about our kids, there's so much falsehood to that and I just want Dashiell's story to be shown so people can see like this is an example of what our kids are capable of and the Miracle Project is something that we do here in Los Angeles we are spreading across the country Um, please come find us we do wonderful work Um, if Jewish studies is something that interests you uh, Neskadol through Vista Del Mar um, please look us up there uh, I just want to say that please look differently at our kids. Let them shine. Don't limit them. Presume intelligence. Just because they might not be looking directly at you or sitting in a way you want them to, that has nothing to do with who they are. So don't put them in a box, and then when they don't fit that box to assume that they aren't understanding everything we're saying. A lot of our kids, the feedback I get is that people speak about them right in front of them as if they're not there. Oh, that's my big bone to pick, yes. And it's, it's so frustrating, and I get it. And so I just want to share a few things, you know, that I've heard from our, our kids and what Dashiell has, you know, typed and... One thing is also, you know, he says his, you know, his mind is like a grown man, but his voice is like a child, and it's very difficult for him to put the two together. And I think that's a brilliant way of... I love that. Because he is so intelligent. There's so much depth. I mean, what he types and the essays that he writes, and it's featured in in the film, 
you can see that there's so much there, but his voice doesn't match his, his mind. Right, right. I have a thing that I teach parents. I say, act as if he's intelligent, and then simplify in case the auditory system or the sensory system is getting in the way of understanding. So act as if, and then simplify. And that way you're not insulting, but you're also getting through. That's right. That's right. And please just speak to our, our kids and our children like they're there, like you would anybody else. It's, that's very, you know, it's very frustrating, I know, for our kids. And then also, you know, they feel like autism sometimes is something they struggle with, but they do want to be like everybody else and to be treated like everybody else. So even though there might be accommodations we need to make for our kids, still treat them like their other siblings, treat them like any other child. They really don't want to feel like different. They don't want to feel like that. They want to feel, yes, special and talented, but they want to feel like every other kid because we all have struggles. You know, am I quote-unquote normal? No. (laughs) Do I have anxieties and neuroses? Yes, (laughs) that I deal with. Was I bullied and picked on? Yes. So in many ways, we have more things in common than I do that I don't have things in common with our kids, and I just meet them at that level. I say, where are we the same? Let's have some fun. Let's play around. Let's pretend to be superheroes. Let's goof around. And just if they're doing something, join in. Don't tell them to stop because there's something brilliant happening there. Let it happen. Play along. Life is much more fun that way in general. Right. But especially with our kids. Especially with our kids. And and the yes and of improv um, is a really big... I like that you said play along, but let's just give them a word to, or a phrase to think. So in improv, you'd never deny the other person's reality. So if I were to bring up, um, there's a dinosaur walking in the living room, the other person doesn't go, no, there isn't, because <laughs> that kills the, the scene. That's right. You right. run and you hide as if there's a dinosaur in that room. Right. Right. You know, right. I had a kid that was drawing something in the air, and some teacher said, I don't see it. I see it. Do you know what I mean? Just see it. Right. Just see <laughs> it. Exactly. Just see it. Act and stage. then you act. See it. Right. Just yes and. And right. you'd be amazed at the response you get. It just takes a little bit, just a little bit. It's not even a lot. We can all do it. Yes, we're, you know, I may be trained in improv, but anybody can just yes and and just go along with it. Anybody can do it. Right. Right. So how do people follow you, check you out? You've told them how to oh. watch the YouTube, but what about you? Yes, yes. go to infinitelightproductions.com, and you can see all my work. I do a lot of comedy. Um, I did a show for Discovery Channel called The G Words. You can see that. It's improv comedy meets the environment. The environment's also a big passion of mine, too. So you can see me there. Um, yeah, Shelly Pack, S-H-E-L-L-E-Y-P-A-C-K, Infinite Light Productions. And uh, come see my work. Come watch Dashiell's video. I'm always open to talking to people and, you know, sharing positive stories. Keep it positive, people, please. <laughs> um, yes, please. Nice. Yes, please. 
I mean, I should let that be your final word, except that I'm going to give you an opportunity to do it on purpose. So um, I do love how eclectic you are. I love that you're bring, using the art to bring um, healing and light and joy and positivity to the world. Now, you have a moment to share your most, uh, and you don't get to say that one because you already said it, <laughs> your most valuable lesson um, from, from whatever, you know, because just to know that it's mostly parents, but there are some teachers and speech therapists and occupational therapists that follow the show. So we have a good listenership. What would you like to tell them? I'd like to say, let your child shine. Let them share their light. Just be patient. It will happen in their own time. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome, and thank you for being here. This is Shelley Pack. Okay, 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 it is time for the great guest giveaway, and we have a great guest to give something away. I'm so excited because Angie, I don't know if she likes Angelique Anderson or Ange Anderson, we'll ask her in a second, but she was on my show before, and you may recall there's this woman in England who has the most amazing school that every single one of us should want to go to. She has like Lego therapy. I like her stuff is amazing. Um, and I'm not just saying that I have seen many schools and I usually do not like what I see. Trust me. So I am thrilled to have her back, but she's back for a different reason entirely. She's back as our great guest giveaway because she has written a book and I'm so excited to share that with you and I'm excited to have her back. So Ange, welcome back and let's hear about your book. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Lynette. Hi. And is, um, what do you like better, by the way? Do you like Angelique or do you like Ange? Ange. All right. Okay, so tell us all about Seren's Christmas. Okay. Um, Seren's Christmas Encounter with Autism is um, the third in a series of books about um, Seren. Um, Seren is um, a Welsh name. It means star in English. And um, Seren is um, what's known as a, a fashionista, and she just adores fashion. And so in her first book, just called Seren, she goes up to North Wales and um, makes a friend up there called Sean Ed. In the second book, um, it's called Seren and the Molly Malones, and she goes ac- across over to Ireland and meets um, four girls, um, all called Molly. And it's a story about um, um, investigating... Um, uh, crime while she's at a fashion contest. Sean Ed hasn't been able to go because she's had an accident on her bike. And so in the third book, it's about Sean Ed and what's happened to her. And the reason I wrote this particular book is because um, one of the teenagers, teenagers who'd, who'd written, who'd read both books one and two about Sarah had asked me what's happened to Sean Ed because she liked the character Sean Ed in the first book. And she was talking to me, she was a teenager, and she was telling me how she had been helping a girl in her school who was 14 um, come to terms with um, self-harming. She'd been self-harming, and um, she was talking to her and and, um, got her to stop. And I was saying, we were laughing, well, you know, I was saying to her, you know, you should open, you should do some agony kind of thing in your um, school, and you should be writing an article in your school magazine and um, she said yeah well if you write a book um, about what's happened to Sean Ed perhaps I'll do that and, um, <laughs> so it was really in, in, in reply to that and um, 
this book called Shono, um, Sharon's Christmas Encounter with Autism is about Shonet who's actually got a brother with autism. And um, so it's it's about how Saren had known her as a friend um, when she'd met her for the first time in North Wales, but didn't realise um, what kind of a family it was and what they were having to cope with um, with regards to autism. And so it's really about Saren finding out um, about how a family manages um, with having um, a sibling um, with autism. Oh, that, that's brilliant. What a great way to introduce the concept to other people. I love that. It's also about um, the art of cosplay. And um, I met, um, I was uh, doing some, um, helping with some fundraising um, up in Scotland um, with a special, some special um, respite places up there. And I'd gone up there and I'd met this, um, particular cosplay artist called um, um, Julieta um, Zadowiski and um, also known as Bo Peep in her cosplay um, as a cosplay artist and um, she's quite well known in the, in the field over here and I've met her and some famous actors and, um, and so on at this evening meal that we were having and I said to her you know um, if I did um, a cosplay event to raise money for our school um, would you come as one of your characters? And she said, yes, I would, and I'd be a judge. Well, bless her, she did. So we held um, a cosplay masquerade in um, June or July um, this year, uh, and um, she came along and was one of the judges and was dressed up as an alien queen, um, and she was amazing. So she was so good. So um, part of this book is about cosplay and obviously um you know the kinds um you know how people as well with autism can quite enjoy um being involved in cosplay yeah no it's actually really brilliant because so often they're very very inside of a certain character that they fell in love with on the you know whether it's anything from blues clues to anime to you know and and so they are able to express that inside a crowd of people that are fully comfortable with that and are okay with it. It's just awesome. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay, so what's what do you think is the big gift of your book? Now, your book's got to be a gift, so we're gonna we're gonna gift it to somebody. But what's the gift they will receive in reading it? Um, I, I think probably finding out about how. Um, family members um, come to terms with autism and how strangers who don't know anything about it, their eyes are suddenly, you know, opened as to the fact that, you know, they've got a friend and they didn't really know that friend at all and what that friend was having to deal with in their um, family, in their private life, you know. And it's like you can have a school friend, as, as, as this girl who was talking to me had, and you just don't realize what makes them do the things they do and why, for instance, somebody would even dream of self-harming. Why would they do it? What, what has made them actually get to that level where they feel they need to do it? And this is something that's happening um, more and more with teenagers nowadays. And obviously, you know, I refer to some sites in, in, at the end of the book as where, where teenagers can actually get help um, to deal with um, self-harming and so on. 
That's great. And okay, so I, I want you to give away the book, um, but I also just want you to just just short because we don't have much time. But just short, just remind them about your school because I really I know I did it with all high energy like a salesperson, but the truth is I really love your school. So just give them a synopsis of it quickly. Um, well, our school is called Eskel Pencork, and it's in North Wales, um, in a town called Flint. And um, we cater for children um, with complex learning disabilities, um, profound and multiple learning disabilities, and um, severe learning difficulties. And the majority of our children also have, as well as those different learning difficulties, they also have um, autism, um, either as a primary or a secondary diagnosis. So, um, yes, that's basically our school. Age, age from 2 to 11, and then in the evenings we are open for, for adults with um, learning disabilities. Um, we, we won an, um, an, um, a grant for that um, where we support adults in the local community um, with somewhere to come and receive all the different therapies that we have on offer. Well, what makes your school unique to me is the style of therapies you choose to embrace. So give, a, give sort of a little taste of that. Um, well, Lego therapy is one of the very popular therapies with the children in that it's very structured, but it also allows them to play. Um, we, all, we do a lot of different kinds of play therapy. So we do venture into play, which is a play therapy. We've got a qualified therapist in play at the school as well. And then we also do this DIR floor time, which is um, a kind of, it's um, recognized um, that supports children with autism. Um, there's um, you know there's um, particular places like in Israel that are very very um, supportive of any play with children with autism, and um, there's a particular um, centre I can't remember the name of it at the moment actually, um, which um, says that if you can get a child with autism young enough and um, introduce them um, to play and all, all forms of play. You can actually um, get them into a, a mainstream school um, and they can perform quite easily and quite well in a mainstream school as long as you get them early enough in, into um, a, a therapeutic play. So we do several different kinds of therapeutic play as well as Lego um, which is one kind as well and then if, if a child's got fine motor skill problems they might want to use magic therapy which um, um, the American um, um, illusionist um, Kevin Spencer um, it's, it's his um, baby that one is and, uh, and we are, we do, we're doing research with him on that um, so you know, there's all different kinds, and the different therapies we do uh, uh, relate to the different um, issues that, that children may have of a sensory nature um, with autism that maybe we can support them with through that therapy. So it's all about trying to find the key that will unlock the world for them into it being a better place for them to be able to, um, you know, cope with. Yes, and it's it's very playful and beautiful. I love it. Um, it's so much more honoring than just sitting them in a high chair and making them at 18 months old start practicing, practicing, practicing with no joy. Um, it's just beautiful. Okay, remind them of the name of your book, and let's offer one up. Um, it's called Saren's Christmas Encounter with Autism, and it's under my um, name for that of Angela Morgan, and it's available on Amazon, 
um, and it's available on Kindle too. Okay, and and we're gonna we're gonna offer one to somebody who says um, families with autism in the subject line, and send me an email, mom number four evermore at Juno J U N O, not Gmail dot com. And I am thrilled and excited to do that. Thank you for being on the show again. It was wonderful. You definitely are a great guest. And that was Ange Anderson with her new book, Soren's Introduction to Christmas. What is it called? Let me look it up. Saren's Christmas Encounter with Autism. Just about forgot that. Okay. It is time for Stories from the Road. And today I want to tell a really quick story because we're almost out of time. So my really quick story is about a young lady that I met while I was working with Parkinson's, actually. And uh, she's got nothing to do with autism except that she knows a young man who has autism in her school. And I've mentioned her before, and she just kept coming to mind for me as Ange was talking because we sat together and talked about this friend of hers who she loves so much. And she talked and talked about how her friend is able to just relax. Now, what was exciting about that for me as a therapist is I realized that her admiration for having an autistic friend who can sort of space out and just go into their own world and be completely relaxed um, led me to understand that she had anxiety. So we kind of got two things happening at one time. One, she told a story of how she just appreciated so much the difference in this young person who had autism. And that gave me sort of an epiphany of the gift that is being given peer-to-peer, sort of an ability to say, wow, your world is different from mine, and I, uh, mine, and I'm, I'm kind of envious of it. And I hadn't really thought about it that way. We talk about integration and whatnot, but we don't really think about it as the gift of being a peer, we say it, and we say, oh, autism's a gift, over and over again. But so often when we say that... We're trying to convince ourselves as much as we are trying to convince people who are listening. In this case, I was the listener, and I was amazed to hear her talk about this friend who had such limited skills uh, with envy. So there was that, and then there was also the fact that her speaking to me in this way led me to see what she needed and where her deficits were. And I was able to then say, you know, maybe I should help your daughter with her anxiety. And we were able to circumvent some of the difficulties that might have come up during adolescence. And as it turns out, this particular girl had begun cutting and we didn't know and nobody knew. And so it was a really beautiful opportunity to say, This is a world full of difference, and if we listen to each other and see each other with eyes open, without judgment, we will see where the challenges are and where the gifts are, and we won't have to, you know beat anyone over the head with the word gift because the gift is already there. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host. You've been listening to a new spin on Autism Answers. And today is the day before New Year's Eve. By the time you hear this, it'll already be 2017. Welcome to this new year. I hope we have a bright and beautiful one. Thank you for being here because without you, I would just be talking to myself. 
Thank you for joining the show today. Lynette is the author of the refreshingly honest and at times hilarious new book, Miracles Are Made, A Real-Life Guide to Autism. You can purchase this and other materials by looking on the webtalkradio.net website and clicking on the covers. You can also click through to our Facebook page and check out any show you may have missed by looking in the archives. We'll see you soon for another edition of a new spin on autism. Answers. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. I can't hear.